You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. The sound of the voice on the other end of a 911 call is almost always delivered frantically. The needs of the caller on the other end of a 911 call are ones that need to be met immediately. The services sent to a caller during a 911 call are always delivered efficiently. The stories, perspectives, and details created by these calls over more than 20 years are life lessons and legacies for everyone involved, including me. The records are archived for all time, like this podcast, digitally. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa. This is Digitally Dispatched. Marriage can be a roller coaster. It can be exciting and thrilling. It can have huge ups and downs, along with little bumps, straightaways, twists, turns, heck, maybe even a couple of loop-de-loops. Marriage is not for the faint of heart, and they say it shouldn't be entered into lightly. This is one such case where one person had made the decision to get off the roller coaster, but the other was not ready for the ride to end. What comes after the marriage was a ride that no one could have predicted. The call begins. Domestic calls are standard in my profession. These calls range from verbal disputes to physical assaults, as well as disagreements over child custody issues. This call came in from a neighbor. 911, where's your emergency? The caller, very excited, ma'am, you need to get the cops here right now. I'm at, and she gives me her address, but this is happening next door at, and gives me the other address. I verified both addresses just to make sure I had them straight with where my caller was calling from and where the event was taking place. Ma'am, tell me exactly what happened. She went on to describe that her neighbor was ramming his truck into the garage. And I said, excuse me? (laughs) She said, he keeps backing up and ramming his truck into the garage. As I'm typing this into the computer, my partner's giving it out on the radio to the officers. They know what's going on, and they're on the way. I asked her, can you describe the truck for me? And she does. She says, I don't know makes and models very well, but it looks like this. And she told me how big it was, what color it was. She told me what the driver looked like. She did a great job describing everything, even without the make and model, we knew exactly what we were looking for. I told her the officers are close. I know this because I'm listening to them on the radio while I'm listening to her tell me the description and what was going on. Her voice went up, and I could tell she was getting more excited. She said, he's about to leave. You need to get here now. Just as quickly as she said that, she screams, they're here, they're here, confirming that my officers were there. She thanked me for responding so quickly. In this case, my officers arrived within four minutes of the call. My officers had called out on the radio and confirmed that they were on scene just as he was backing out of the driveway, leaving destruction behind. An officer pulled up behind him and stopped him from leaving. I told the caller that she did a great job and thanked her for calling, and she thanked me, and our call ended. Surrounded by my officers, one in front, one behind, The man had nowhere to go. He looked at the officers in front of him and behind him and hung his head. And he did nothing? 
I need to take a little break. This will give you the opportunity to hear from my sponsors and see how they can help you. Not to worry, there's a lot more to our story when we meet back up on scene. I am Lisa, and you are being digitally dispatched. The one question each podcaster should be asking themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking Podcast here. I've podcasted and edited for over a decade, and I know what an hour and a half podcast turns into when you get in front of the editing stack. Let me tell you, it's not an hour and a half. It's closer to probably double that time. Are you ready to hand off the time you're wasting editing your own podcast? Looking for a cost-effective solution that doesn't break the bank but gives you super experienced quality podcasting back to you in a short period of time? Be sure to check out The Editor Core. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Do you like what you're hearing during the Digitally Dispatched podcast? Let's have a conversation about how you can help us grow. Visit my website at digitallydispatched.com and let's find a way to get your organization, business, or effort to benefit from my focused and engaged audience. Let me help you grow your digital footprint and foster educational content on the internet. Open a channel now at digitallydispatched.com. That's digitallydispatched.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the Voice Box. Voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Hey, this is Lisa at Digitally Dispatched. I'm back from break, and I'm ready to take you back to the scene of the call. The call continues. When we left the scene, my officers had boxed him in and kept him from leaving the scene of his destruction. They ran his plate as they arrived on scene, and quickly pieces of the puzzle started to fall into place. The name was familiar to us in dispatch because we'd dealt with him before, and his wife, and their domestic issues. As I'm reading the plate information back to my officers, my partner's given me some type of sign language to tell me that the wife was actually in our lobby. I tell the officers at the end of the vehicle registration that the female half was at our station. Now, I did this for two reasons. One, this way they knew she wasn't actually on scene and that she was in our lobby. As I unkeyed from the radio, I asked my partner, what was up? Why is she here? My partner says, to serve an ex parte. How's that for timing? Wait a minute. Here's a learning moment for us. Ex parte. I say this on the phone and people are like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, that's what you get before you get an order of protection. Everybody knows what those are. What an ex parte is, is when you go to the judge and say, I need protection from this person or that person. You give the information to the judge. They give you a temporary order of protection, which is called an ex parte. 
They also give you a court date. You and the person involved will appear in court, and then the judge will rule whether or not you get a full order of protection. And usually those last for about a year and you go to court every time if you want to continue to have your order of protection. All right, back to the story. I told my officers on scene that the woman at the station had had an ex parte and it needed to be served to the male they were out with. So I'm guessing once she got her order of protection, she called and told him that he wasn't able to come back to his house. So he went there before she could even get home. People often do crazy things when they feel out of control or have a loss of control. And I'm just guessing because I'm not a psychiatrist, but I'm guessing that's probably what he was going through. Anyway, my sergeant, who was on scene, told dispatch to have the female half go ahead and respond to the house so the officers could serve him with the paperwork. Being that he was detained in one of the police cars, serving the papers was going to be no problem and her safety would be maintained. The woman did as she was asked, and the papers were served, and he was placed under arrest. After a short debriefing with the subject, the officers learned that he had been under a lot of stress, his emotions were very high, and he'd suffered from depression, and he asked if he could get some help. He requested to be taken to the hospital for psychiatric care. My officers complied. The wife requested additional patrol of her home just in case he was to come back after he was released from the hospital. The male was released to the care of the hospital pending application of warrants. You might wonder what pending application of warrants means. What this means is that the crime has been committed. He's being released into care. And our officers have to go back and write the report, file all the paperwork, fax that all down to the prosecuting attorney, who then makes a determination whether or not a warrant should be issued for this person, whether or not there's enough within the investigation that warrants a warrant. With a man awaiting intake into the hospital and the officers filling out the paperwork for a warrant, this is where the call ends for me. The resolution. Call comes into 911. Location immediately given and verified. Officers dispatched. Caller gives play-by-play of what is happening. Caller describes the truck. Female arrives at the station with the same address and asks for an order of protection to be served. Officers arrive on scene. Officers run plate of vehicle. Male on scene identified. Officers advise the wife to respond to the scene with the ex parte. Subject detained. The wife arrives on scene and ex parte is served. Male is placed under arrest. Female requested ongoing additional patrol of her home. Officers complete investigation of damages to the home and the vehicle. Scene is released to the female. Male is taken to the psych hospital by officers and released to their care pending application of warrants. Warrants applied for. Let me share with you a few things I found out after the call once all the facts were in. This couple was obviously having marital issues and the wife wanted out. When she made steps towards the divorce, things escalated to the point 
where she felt she needed to file for an order of protection. Once the ex parte was granted, she told her husband that she was going to the police department to have the papers served and that he could not return home. The male, angry, went to their house and started ramming his truck into the garage. Not the garage door, but the wall of the garage, its very foundation. He explained to the officer later that he wanted his wife to feel the hurt, pain, and anger that he was feeling, and that's why he rammed his truck into their home. The male was arrested and charged with destruction of property and endangering the welfare of a child. Wait, what? A child? Well, we found out afterwards that the son of this couple, who was still a juvenile, was inside the house while this was all going on. Fortunately, he was in the basement and didn't hear anything of what was going on. But because he was home and inside the house, he was still in danger had that foundation given way. The investigation found that the male half had suffered from anger, depression, and suicidal ideations in the past. It is unknown if there was any attempts on his own life. He was taken to the hospital where he stayed for a time for treatment. When he was released to the hospital pending application of warrants, my officers came back to the station, wrote the report, filled out all the paperwork to apply for the warrants, the sergeant signed off on it, and it was faxed down to the prosecuting attorney. Later that night, a warrant was issued for his arrest. It wasn't long after his release from the hospital that he was arrested on that warrant and went to county lockup until he could postpone or be seen by a judge. Sadly, the story didn't end there. We dealt with this couple off and on for the next couple years after this incident because the man continued to violate the order of protection that was granted to his wife. After everything we've been through, and everything we've learned about this couple, they were truly on a crazy roller coaster ride. What the caller did right. She called 911 right away when she noticed that something was wrong and immediately gave me her location as well as the location of the incident. This is what I would call situational awareness. And I'll just briefly describe what situational awareness is, and that is to be aware of everything going on around you. This woman heard something that didn't sound right from inside her home, and she went to investigate. When she saw what was going on, she immediately called for help, and that's exactly what you need to do. The caller also provided me with her name and phone number. Just in case we were cut off, I'd be able to call her back. What else our caller did right was that she stayed on the phone. She was safe inside her home, and not in harm's way, so she was able to give me a play-by-play of what she could see. Even though she was excited telling me what was happening, she was able to answer all of my questions. She provided me with detailed descriptions of both the vehicle and the man inside. I thought this caller did an amazing job. What I learned as a dispatcher. I've learned as a dispatcher that not all domestic situations are gonna be the same just like roller coasters are not always the same. Each have ups and downs, and so do domestic situations. Every person reacts to stress differently, whether it's lashing out verbally or physically or just walking away. It's just how people handle things. Some people will choose to end things and move on if court orders are issued, whether they have to do with custody or orders of protection, 
Most people, I will say, go along with what the court order says. But there's a few that don't like what the court says and think that they can do whatever they want. And they show up and they get in trouble for violating an ex parte or a full order of protection or even custody issues. Some people become despondent and depressed, sometimes even suicidal. We deal with all of those too. But not knowing anyone's particular situation, we have to treat each one the same, offering compassion and help in the best way that we can, knowing that at any moment this could turn violent and the roller coaster ride can begin again on that call. The legacy. So I had to think about this call for a sec and how it impacted me. And what I pull away from it is the situational awareness of my caller. She took it upon herself to get up and look at something that sounded off to her. And she did exactly the right thing by calling in and letting me know everything that was going on. She, she was a great caller. And I started thinking, how many of us actually pay attention to what's going on around us? Are you situationally aware? I know I am more so since I've become a dispatcher. But what does situational awareness really mean? Well, it's being aware of everything around you. I'm aware of what's going on around me. All of us are aware of what's going on, right? No, we're not. Especially in this techno, face-in-the-device mentality that's going on. People need to look up and see what's going on around you. The caller in this case did something out of the ordinary. Instead of ignoring it, she got up and looked to see what was going on and took immediate action. She possibly saved the life of a young man inside the house. Had she not called the man may have continued to ram his truck into the house and who knows what would have happened. Fortunately, she called 911. So I ask you, be aware of your surroundings. When you're walking out and about, watch where you're going and what's around you. By not looking up, you're setting yourself up to be ambushed because you're an unsuspecting victim. Same goes when you're in your car. How many times have you been sitting at a red light and the person in front of you is on their phone or looking at their phone or texting or whatever they're doing with their phone and the light changes? How many times has this happened to you? How many times have you honked at that person to get their attention so that they can go? Look up. The light changed. Go, please. Back to situational awareness. It all boils down to this. 20 years ago, post 9-11, every law enforcement agency on the planet said, if you see something, say something. That is situational awareness. Look around you. See things around you. If need be, act. Are you situationally aware? How did being aware of your surroundings make a difference to you? Head over to my website at digitallydispatch.com, fill out the quick web form, and tell me what you think. Dispatcher Nuggets of Knowledge. There were 4,637 deaths that were caused by distracted driving in the United States in 2018. If you're texting and driving, you are six times more likely to end up in a car accident. See what happens when you're on your phone and not paying attention?
The calls, stories, and legacies I share are dispatched digitally. The lessons learned by all, the callers, you, especially me, are a piece of my life's unfolding story that I'm proud to share and are preserved digitally. Your thoughts, ideas, and comments can be sent to me electronically at my website, digitallydispatched.com. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa, and you have been digitally dispatched.